0: What up, what up, what up? It is the What Did He Said podcast. Yo, quick announcement. All my people in Brea, California. Brea, California. I'm going to be at the Brea Improv March 7th. And on March 6th, I'm shooting a new segment for my show. It's called The Best Taco in Town. All right, so everybody that voted on my Instagram and on my social media, we're going to announce the winner. All right, and we're going to be out there eating tacos and filming it for the food porn community. All right, so Brea, California. I'm at the Improv March 7th, ATL, Georgia. What? Yeah. Nah, that was bad. Uh, I'm going to be at the Atlanta Comedy Theater. That is March 18th. And I'm also going to be shooting a segment for the best taco in town the day before in ATL. We're going to see some ATL tacos. Alright, so I'm on San Diego peeps We're gonna be back on the West Coast Eating some motherfucking Cali burritos and shit We're gonna film a segment of Best Taco in Town In San Diego That's end of March Alright, so we're gonna be uh, downtown At the American Comedy Club In San Diego March 29th through the 31st I believe Go to Chingobling.com for tickets And if you're in the Dallas area I'm gonna be a special guest March 4th, Sunday. That's also with my boy Midnight, who is our guest today. He will be performing as well. So, March 4th, Hyenas Comedy Nightclub, Dallas. That's actually this Sunday. I'm about to upload this right now. This Sunday in Dallas, I'm a special guest. We also got, uh, of course, Luis Juarez. He's a headliner. That's the homie. He's very funny. I can't wait to just watch this show. Not only just like pop in and be a part of it, I want to check it out. They also have Mikey B on there, Luciano. Kerry Smith and special guest Chingo Blink. That's March 4th in Dallas. It's only 10 bucks. It's 8 p.m. It's Sunday, March 4th. You know what I'm saying? D Town. Anyway, all my tour dates are ChingoBling.com. And uh, shout out to the homie Midnight, man. If you're from Dallas, he's representing Heavy Hitter. Very funny. He will be at Hyenas this Sunday, March 4th. But you can follow him. He's got the clothing line popping. One of the funniest dudes representing Texas, man, heavy hitter. When he gets on that microphone, he brings that energy, man. He be having people in stitches, especially the ladies. He always wins over the ladies because he's a charmer like that. He's a conniving charmer like that. All right, man, let's start the show. We recorded this in Corpus Christi. Shout out to my boy Javi Luna and the Vatos Locals of Comedy. Uh, We use their studio. So without further ado, man, hang out, kick it. And we're going to chop it up with one of my homeboys, man. One of my good friends and funny, funny dudes. The name is Midnight. Remember the name. He's going to blow up in comedy. You heard it here first. Let's start the show. What did he say? Podcast. Do-do-do. Dolly. Like my boy Pitbull would say. Sass. All of that. Sass. And shout out to Monique, man. Monique, you tripping. I just want to say that just because. Because my name was brought up on another podcast with Charlamagne the guy. And I'm not too sure how, how I feel about it just yet. Anyway, let's start the show, man. What did he say, podcast? Midnight. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. Uh, we about to hang out, man. We're actually recording this live from Corpus Christi. Uh, my boy Midnight, who is our special guest today, he just headlined two nights at the Mesquite yeah. Street Comedy Club. Uh, I opened up, man, um, along with the other, other comedians and... It was a blast, man. It
1: was off the chain, man. I loved it. The pizza burger
0: on oh, Mesquite man. Street. Where they put pizza the, burger. Uh, mozzarella and pepperonis on, on a burger, bro? Insane. You, how'd you me. like Corpus, man? You been out here lately? Been nah,
1: there? man. This is like uh, the first time I got to experience the city. Like a little bit of the city, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just a, you know, like trade center. I saw it from the outside. Yeah, you, didn't you know what I'm in, saying? Man. I didn't go in, but... You know, I saw it. You know, you know, and uh, just passing by stuff. That's it. You know, Thickums. Thickums. Oh, we went to the mall. Saw hella Thickums. Yeah, Thickums out there. It's that Corpus water, man. Boy, it's, it's the oil in the water, man. <laughs> it's that oil it got them, got them greasy, and oily, and thick and and <laughs> juicy. They're
0: greasy, oily, thick, and
1: juicy. Thick and juicy, like a like a
0: water burger, hamburger, man. Mm. So. Um, hopefully, y'all listened to the previous episode, my boy Javi Luna. He's also in the building. Say what up, Javi. What up, man? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm just being producer for, the, for Engineer. Hey. playing the sound engineer.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just out here, man. Yeah, so Midnight, man. Um, number one, bro, like, not only are you a comedian, you're a funny-ass fucking comic that can headline. You're also killing it, like, on the merch. Like, the, oh. the Gucci taco sweater. It's Both. pretty pretty on point as a parody as like on some little fashion, but it, you know sense of humor, and you got uh, like a whole tacos line,
1: yeah man it's, it's blowing up, man, it's doing pretty well, you know what I'm saying just just hopefully just keep on having that momentum for the merch man just designs that that I come up with and and just uh paying homage to what I love, you know what I'm saying, tacos.
0: Is Tacos dot com. Yeah,
1: ilifttacos.com Get your get your merch now. You know what I'm saying? Put that little plug up in there. So
2: I I, I gotta that, ask that that that's real though. You eat tacos? Like how often would you say you eat tacos? Man, like on the
1: real, all the time, bro. They keep it real, like all real the cool. time, like real like talk. real talk, all the time. I put like eggs and tacos, like a bologna and ta- like anything like you put in a tortilla yeah. is a taco, man. So basically, I put anything in there. I will put some hummus in there. With two celery sticks, that's a celery stick hummus taco,
0: <laughs>
1: right? That's some Austin awesome shit. You know, that, I know that's some Austin awesome stuff, well, but you know what I'm saying. I'm I trying could, to get a little vegan.
0: I could tell Javi was trying to call you out because no, i just wondering. It's a lot of people that be appropriating Bro, the culture, you know?
1: No nah, man, I ain't appropriating nothing. You about that taco? I'm life. about that taco life, man. You don't know, man. I just I, I've tasted so many tacos from everywhere, man. We like we on the road, and we, I get some tacos on the road. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm trying, you know, trying to keep my little weight down. You ever had
0: a stripes taco?
1: Stripes taco, yeah, yeah. yeah I sometimes that should
0: be sent like kind of dehydrated.
1: Yeah, you know? man. But sometimes if you put that little, they got a little real good salsa. Oh yeah. The salsa is pretty good in the stripes.
2: Stripes knows what they're doing,
1: man. They, see, they, see, they, look. They,
2: they hire the little Mexican ladies to work that little, mm-hmm. that little restaurant area. If you if you get there when it's fresh, it, it, it goes off like they, they putting
1: their foot on the salsa. They, they, they don't give a fuck about the meat. But you know yeah, what I'm they, saying. They
2: just set up the kitchen, they let the little mm-hmm. ladies do what they're gonna do. Yeah. They don't they don't stop them. like
0: they're not asking for papers, immigration.
2: Nah, like, like make your shit. What do you what do you need to make some tacos? They make the tortillas there, yep. in the house. Like, mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, yeah. man, it's but it it the up.
0: future. Because like when you go to like Del Rio, Eagle Pass, Laredo, obviously like the valley. Houston, really like yeah. the whole state. I wonder if they're expanding outside of the state.
2: Yeah, I worked, for, yeah. Uh, I worked for Stripes back when it was just becoming Stripes. It was still Circle K. They had still had the Circle K brand licensed and it was uh, owned by this company called Susser Inc. at that time, and they were just introducing the Laredo top, Taco Company brand. So I worked in, in Ingleside, which is just out here outside of Corpus, and uh, so, a lot of like the, the oil field, a lot of oil rigs, stuff like that. That's the markets they were trying it out of because that was the idea, right? You got to come fill up your work truck. You, you don't got time to do both and go get eat. eat. So, that was the idea, like a, like a truck stop restaurant type, but it's Mexican food, it's cheap. We got enchiladas, we got chicken pizzas. Come get you a cheap plate. Smart bro. in here, and and that, that was the idea. Javi yeah. got
1: some knowledge in this motherfucker. This motherfucker don't know shit about everything. There, there. <laughs> this motherfucker, you know this tacos came yeah, from taco historian. Yeah, it's like yeah. this motherfucker on a uh, history channel.
0: You know, you know what else goes hard? Um, like Mexican meat markets, but it's like a tiendita too. Yeah, that's a genius little concept hybrid because you might you might want to just get. Um, just the food portion part right Right. but you gotta you gotta cash out with at the register like you Mm -hmm. have to pay for what you want first like two barbacoa or something yeah and then you pay and now you take that little receipt now you walk over to that little cafeteria deli whatever area with the hot plates the little steam plates oh yeah and then boom now they can lace you up so the ladies handling the food aren't even handling money it's just a crazy little setup where i had
1: some birria in uh in uh in phoenix and they they had like boy i was blown gas station away. gas station birria? no it was like a uh it was don chun's don chun's uh blah, blah. it was like a restaurant yeah no it was like a, a carniceria type stuff and they'll give you a receipt and you go to the back and that's where the food was and man the birria out there
0: was top are you, notch. Are you like uh well versed in birria like are you you know a lot about what's good birria versus bad well, which I, is what it's I like, just taste it it's like barbacoa goat kind yeah, of yeah it's
1: goat it's nothing but goat and they give you consume which is like uh, the soup or the broth that comes yeah. with it um, and you can either get it with with the birria with the meat inside or or just separate but you can make tacos
0: and sip on the soup well I've had it I've had some very very good birria I, I wasn't too familiar with it for, for most of my life I think it's from Jalisco probably yeah like, most of my life, I never really experienced it. But I went, when I started hitting Chicago, Yeah, out there, there was some spots. There was, like, a Mexican kid, like, his family owned, like, a few. Uh, uh, I think they're called Octotlan, uh, Birreria Octotlan, something like that. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all can leave me a comment. Anyway, um, the shit was off the chain. But I don't remember the broth being, like, consomme, which I think of, like, chicken, more of, like, a chicken noodle type
1: soup uh no that is, is different it it's like, like a
0: pozole like chile right like yeah
1: but like i think they get all the stuff from the from like the Sasson from the goat or what it's stewed in and they just put a little Why bit more are you more, smacking your
0: lips man Why you uh, getting... man cuz it just
1: <laughs> it just it just sounded like, so good uh you know what they do is what they do is they get uh they get the the soup that was the the meat was stewed in and either you, it's like almost like a uh, a menudo pozole
0: yeah, it has You're that saying. type yeah. of texture. And it? you
1: can either get the soup uh, or the or the the soup that comes with it, which is called consume, uh-huh. and uh, and the and the and the meat, the goat meat on the side. Roll you up a tortilla, man. Roll you up a tortilla, cilantro, all that.
0: When when can we expect a Spanish comedy set from Midnight?
1: Man, I don't know. I'm still trying to perfect the English one, so. Uh, I'm, I'm really want to try it and see see what see what I could do, and but like man, that whole Spanish comedy scene is just blowing well, up.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I feel like there's a bridge being merged. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I mean, we're bilingual. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like for instance, Trejo, I know Jesus Trejo has already done a couple, I think, sets mm-hmm. where he would take his material, translate it to Spanish, and kind of test it out, and then make adjustments on like. Yeah certain words that that just communicate the thought better or does the idea translate or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, just different ways of saying what, what you're used to saying in English. So yeah. one of my things is this year, I, maybe like at a joke joint or some type of like room is have a, a little series where, you know, hopefully we could reach out to some comics that do yeah. all Spanish, but at the same time, like, me and like you know my friends that, that yeah. are bilingual maybe start to kind of slowly give it a shot i think i probably
1: just want to start out with a little bit little three minutes of just see what i could do and then uh build from that just like just like normal comedy like normal like how we how we uh, started in comedy we do a little three minutes and then when it, it picks up and now you got five now you got ten okay do where some. would you
0: what would you perform three minutes at
1: uh, open mics, man. Just go to open mics, and we do three minute, three minute uh, stage time, or five minute stage time. Just, just um, in what time slot you were in, you know what I'm saying? We go to Hyenas in Dallas, or uh, Backdoor, or all these other comedy places where you could go up there and do open mics in a comedy club. But it wasn't an audience; it was just like comedians there. Just,
0: what was the name? What was your reggaeton name <laughs> back in the day?
1: Uh, fatty Yankee.
0: Did you really go by that?
1: <laughs> nah, but it, it was just, we were still doing the midnight thing. Like, I, um, that carried over from, like, when I was trying to DJ and uh, and and all that stuff when I was working night shift at uh seven eleven. So all that stuck between all that, between all that uh, eras in my life. You know, I started DJing. Then uh, uh, we did audio engineering because I went to that college um, and uh, did a little... Engineering there And we were trying to do Reggaeton songs Because Reggaeton was the, the The it thing to do uh, It was popping And then from that uh, Radio To uh, To comedy So it's like a long journey Strip club DJ Strip club DJ You know what I'm saying all that. Right now Coming to my main stage You know Did all that oh, the, lovely. the lovely Charmaine
0: Yo so Man, uh, props to you, man. Killer job at Mesquite Street oh, Comedy Club. Thanks, Corpus. man. <clears throat> props, man. Um, you had the attention of the room. You always do a good job, I don't know if you know or not, of winning over the ladies first. Like, you just, you like, boom. You just draw them in off top, yeah. you know.
1: I'm a good flirt. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm a good flirt. I think I I think I think know how to flirt, man. I just don't know how to seal the deal. You feel what I'm saying? Like uh, like like I'm a really good flirt. I
0: know your girl. No, gonna listen to know, this episode. Be good some... No, no,
1: I'm <laughs> saying no nah, because she knows, man. I, like I, I do, I do a little things, you know, little, little. My I work my little charisma, a little charm, little charm, and sit, and then I get your attention and your attention, and then uh, not
0: attention,
1: yeah, chin chin. <laughs> Sometimes my vocabulary be off Sometimes It's the, it's the accent, man. I, they tell me yeah, I have an
2: accent.
1: You got that big boy swag. Oh, yeah, big boy swag. You <laughs> can, I need a... We got that like,
2: charisma. A lot of people don't don't yeah. understand. Those fit guys don't understand. Like, we got charisma. You don't want us to lose the weight. Because then that'd be unfair to you. Bro. If we got the personality, the if charisma. If I lost it. And, this and we were fine, like,
0: it just... If, just if, I, if, I, was, I, it if I
1: lost you. this weight, all the... Man, I'll be the Mexican Brad Pitt.
0: You just woke up one day and mm-hmm. say, what
1: is- you, it's like, fuck, it." it's not the Brad Pitt of now, like Brad Pitt when he did he interview with the vampire. That Brad Pitt. That uh, Legends of Fall, just, Brad Pitt. Not just any Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Legends of Fall, Brad Pitt. I'll be Legends of Fall, Brad Pitt. That You'll one. fall in love with me, baby. Uh I'll be uh Fabio. Mexican Fabio. Oh, so
2: this is just even the evening the playing.
1: Field. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm I'm making it easy for the skinny motherfuckers, man. You know what I'm saying? Cause if I was out there competing and I had the same boy
0: <laughs> Let me ask you this. What out of all the cities you've done to go perform comedy in, what's one that kinda took you back where you're like, Whoa, I didn't think it was gonna they were gonna embrace me like that? Uh
1: embrace me Nashville.
0: Nashville was Nashville.
1: Bad. Because man, the audience was you know. Fire. Zaney's,
0: Zaney's in Nashville
1: Zaney's in Nashville, man Best believe, best believe
0: Like, this year for my tour I think we cut, like, Memphis We cut, mm-hmm. like, those Alabama spots yeah. But Nashville, I made sure For sure Yeah That place was so fucking lit, man Man, yeah another it place It makes is, they make you feel like you're Dave Chappelle up there,
1: bro. Yeah, another one is Chicago mm-hmm. Chicago, man, I felt, man I think that was the first time that, like, uh I got like a real good like after my set was a big like applause that you could like it it just hit me in my chest and after that yeah. man I was in the, in the green room. You got a little misty. You got a little misty eyed in the green room. Yeah, on stage actually. <laughs> <I> <laughs> on stage man. I was there. Like, man, this the first time, I
0: <laughs> Damn, damn, shot town. I ain't think it was <laughs> gonna be like this. Man, this is actually my yeah. first time. I stop lying.
1: Man, but if it, it felt it felt like all that. uh it's, it's because maybe because people don't understand what like us comics go through, like to, to get to a point where like, man, this, this, it just feels so good to be acknowledged in that way because you've been all you,
0: the struggle, all
1: the struggle, all like the, the, the light, the, the misfortunes that you go through and bombing and, and, and stuff like that, you know, my bad. I just, I, I, te- I teeter around. <laughs> I can't stay still sometimes. And, um, and and like from the beginning, where you are struggling to do your first five, and then uh, you keep at it and you keep bombing, and you keep your your. When you say bombing, that means it doesn't go well. Like it's, and you
0: just you 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 suck.
1: Yeah, like you going through it. You you going through Ooh. the motions. Yeah, and, and you get booed. You get booed, but like you stay with it because you liking it. You you you, and then uh, let's say let's say when you start building up like. Uh, or you have a show where you're like, okay, I had a great set, and now I think I'm getting. Like, I know how to structure this, or, or I know how to put this into a way where it's a whole story and and everything's starting to click. Like, even your your movements on stage, your appearance, like, uh, how you're moving on stage. It's just, everything just starts clicking, and you start...
0: Getting a stride. Yeah, getting
1: big strides, getting new opportunities and, and people seeing you, people are uh, um uh giving you opportunities to get on their stage. And while this, I'm not even getting paid to go on stage yet. Like my first paid gig was uh 60 bucks. I did 20 minutes, um, uh, and I was so happy. I was so happy because like this thing that I love is actually making me some income, and I never thought of it because, like, I've always been in a corporate setting, like, like 7-Eleven and all that. You
0: made it sound like it was a, a cubicle job, man. No, 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 like, you like, what <laughs> well,
1: you know, like, corporate stuff is like, is, is like, you go to a nine to five and you in there and you don't like the job, but you got to do it because you got to make this money, you know, and you got, you got to sustain your life, you got to survive and stuff like that. And and that's that's not something that you love or something that you want to do. And then when you do, when when I did comedy and I got paid, it was just like another like like a lot of things. It just opens up your mind and says, "Man, I can, I think I can really do this."
0: And Then it becomes like sky's the limit. Yeah. Like man, talk about finesse. Like yeah. to do what you love and get paid, mm-hmm. and and have it be something that now you, not only you're passionate about it, but it's like. It's a cool ass job. Like right. you're in, like for one it's technically kind of in the arts, but yeah. you're you're the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Like you're the center of attention. You right. know what I'm saying? These are your ideas and yeah. you got to sustain it. You got to keep their attention. You have yeah. to make them laugh. You got to entertain them. Make them feel a certain way. Yeah. Take their mind off of problems.
1: Exactly, man. And this is, and when I went to Chicago and we we did the show and after the set and I got that big applause and and it just all that you start remembering, all everything that you went through, and it just, it just, I guess, I just felt emotional that day, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it felt good, you know.
0: What's the Dallas comedy scene like?
1: Dallas comedy scene is really big out there, man. It's, it's like, uh, we got a couple of clubs, which is Hyenas, and they got like about four or five locations, and then we got the improv, and then we got uh, like different rooms that we go to. When we say rooms, that means a venue that that uh a spot that does that, like a spot that does comedy. That's what we say rooms. Mm-hmm. And it might be like a A room or a B room or C room. C rooms are like the the little clubs that, you know, like an open mic or something like that. Like a
0: bar type. Mm-hmm. Of thing. Like a oh, bar thing.
1: God. A our A rooms are gonna be like the improv or hyenas or something like
0: that. Man, I remember speaking of bars and open mics, um <clears throat> there's this there's this cat we know back home. He does a little bit of acting and stuff on the side um he he was like yeah i've been considering the stand-up this is like when i was first like okay i think yeah. i want to give it a shot and there was this place that supposedly had an open mic it was like way way far on the fucking north side yeah. it was this random little bar and i was like all right this is the goodest place as any to bomb and to just fall in your face and i was like pretty fucking terrified yeah. and um thankfully they were just like, oh, the guy who does it. I mean, he's not here. I think the speakers are like locked in the room. Oh, and I was like, well, maybe we can get it going. It's like nobody there, but secretly <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking like, Whew, thank
1: yeah, God. Yeah, those are open mics in those rooms and those C rooms. You, I, I think Javi's been through that too, right? Like, you go to those. Oh, how's it here in Corpus?
2: Oh man, well I mean I spoil my guys. We got a good open mic here. We get yeah. we got an audience and everything. But when I was coming up, yeah, it was it was hell. It, it was performing with with uh, you know along with bands and stuff. Which yeah. when you're trying to throw in comedy in between bands while bands breaking down and setting up, I mean it's just it's not ideal conditions for comedy. You know, it's not a crowd that wants to listen to someone just talk, and uh, so. So, yeah, I, I've been through my share of the, the hell gigs, with the bad speakers. What and night is y'all's open mic? We do it on Thursday nights. At Mesquite? At Mesquite. We do it downstairs. Uh, in the pizza in, area? In, in the pizza area, yeah. You said Thursday nights in the pizza Thursday area? Thursday nights in the pizza area. And it's good. We normally have a good little audience that comes out steady. They watch. Uh, a lot of the dinner crowd ends up staying, you know, if, if they're there when we start.
0: Bless you. Thank Bless. you.
2: Bless. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: uh, I thought you were going to say, "Damn, Chicago!" I didn't think of yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, put, <laughs> put my head.
2: Like, i like, you know, I, I just appreciate the love, for purpose, man. When they come, they be coming out and supporting. you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I make fun of you and I, but yeah. I, I get like that too. And when, when, yeah, when I do my shows here, and 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 it's it's new to, yeah. to, to guys like us. You know, when people show up and literally, you know, I'm a nobody, and, yeah. and when I'm just able to to fill up a room when when you fill up a room it just
0: feels oh man
2: it's like like, wow dude
0: think about it me making the transition from like underground unorganized Tex-Mex rap scene to like I'm at the improv telling jokes like you know what I'm saying because I guess when I was doing my music shit shit was just so discombobulated with like promoters and just how I had my business lined up um, it's like night and day to where you're trying to figure it out in the rap game to all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, there's 450 people about to let out. There's 450 people waiting to get in. Yeah. And it's this crazy clusterfuck uh, like in the lobby of people, like a thousand people trying to get past each other mm-hmm. in this big ass place in your hometown. And I mean, obviously we're trying to take it, you know, we're trying to do arena theater. We're trying to do right. theaters and work our way to arenas one day. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, but still, it's like, oh, shit, the love is still there. You just exactly. got to kind of finesse it and figure out and learn some new shit and add to your bag of tricks and tools and how you're going to communicate and make people feel like I know our, our, what our experience is and yeah. let's hang out.
1: And yeah. it's so dope when you get that, man. It's like, yeah, it's cool
0: to be in the moment.
1: <laughs> man. It's
0: cool. I remember I
2: headlined back, back in uh, November here in Corpus. I, I do it twice a year I headline Corpus. Because I feel like that's right my sweet spot. I can sell tickets in Corpus. Six months. Every six months. And so I I do one in the spring, and I do one uh, normally uh, Thanksgiving week. That's, that's my week, and I was able to sell a lot of tickets. And then first time ever that I've sold out of merch in Corpus. Corpus normally does, uh, like if I do the Selena, like if I'm opening up for someone, I'll sell some decent merch. Normally just on my shows, I might sell a handful of shirts. But when I looked over... Uh, you know, I was taking pictures and whatnot. I Sold looked out. over, and they're like, "Yeah, we all the shirts are gone. We got this one 4x left." Yeah, that <laughs> I don't feeling. Know. That and, feeling. And I was is like, "Wow!" I had just printed those as a new design that Midnight had yeah. had worked on for me. And, and I was Which just, one was it? The Converse? It, it, it this one right here? Yeah, this Converse one right awesome. here. Yeah,
1: Universal I got Yeah, yeah. That feeling right there is incredible, yeah. man. And that is just being in the moment and and uh you know
0: yeah
2: so i can't even imagine being like where where you're at reinventing where you're talk- where you're new chapters you're talking about hundreds of people moving in and out and <coughs> and, and you set out a merch every week there was towards the end of the the 2017 tour i i sold out two weekends in a row of everything yeah, yeah. i brought and i was just like wow i can't believe this is happening and it's so new feeling and and that's why i tried to uh i was having this conversation with my buddy Larry Garza Oh, um, a couple of years ago, we were we were on the road and, you know, it's real easy in comedy to get frustrated with the plateaus, just like anything else in life. You know, uh, there's, you know, there's ascension and, and you're doing great and you're feeling good. It's decent. And, 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 <laughs> and, then, and, and then, but some of the worst thing is when you just reach that plateau and you're not going up or down and yeah. you're just like, is this... Is this where it ends, and you start feeling plateaus, frustrated? Like, plateaus. am I just always going to be a feature? Am I just always going to be an mm-hmm. opener? And and then you know he had a great point. He goes, but he goes, how you know we're are on the road, we're getting paid to do comedy. Yeah, you've po- yeah, you gotta be positive. There's open micers that would kill
0: to be you gotta be great right
2: where we're at right right now, and it, so it's that filing, finding finding that, that balance between being ambitious, like I want that. And then also being grateful for, I'm here, you know, and someone, there's someone else right now just starting out that wants to be here. You know? That's like the
0: human condition, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, especially in this modern time, like Western, yeah, you know, uh, buy, buy, consume, consume capitalism. There's all kinds of depressed people. That's why there's all these little, like, get help, self-help books and Oprah mm-hmm. talking about mindfulness and, you know, what's your zen and, you know motherfucker like like me it's like man if i don't journal that day if i don't get some yoga in that week or if i don't go to boxing you know what i mean like it's these little things it's almost like i'm high maintenance now it's like if i didn't right. you know what i didn't journal i didn't meditate today <laughs> that's what it is I, the other day i literally woke up on the wrong side of the bed like i literally <laughs> like like i'm like trying to wash some dishes and i like grab some shit it slips a starbucks mug like shatters and i'm like okay yeah all right well let me just try to keep the day going on track and just shit was just going wrong I just felt groggy and like I need to go back, I need to like go smoke some weed go back to the room, meditate for a minute, take a deep breath and just kind of recalibrate like I'm, okay I'm grateful you know what I'm saying, like I don't know if it's just because our attention and like there's so much stimulus everybody's fighting for our attention and we're pulled in so many directions and it's like the bees we talked about in the other episode, it's like I was on your podcast. Yeah. It's like stressors and things like that. And yeah. last night me and Midnight had like a off the record, deep ass mm-hmm. podcast convo where yeah. where he was like, Dog, man, that could have been an episode. But we were just yeah. talking about the ascension and descension. Yeah. And he was just talking about like times in his life. Well, hell, I don't know if you wanna like say like certain times where yeah. it's like, damn, like you said, is this now what?
1: Like I was scraping the bottom of the barrel, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I felt just like uh, there's a, a a time or there's a there's a there's a special moment where where you either have the choice to like, hey, snap out of this, or are you still going to be doing this with other bullshit that you're doing that's taking you nowhere? And I think there's a, a specific moment in your life and you, it's, it's like um, it's like playing out like in a movie yeah you know when the movie when the it's character the, the like his the, the epiphany you're like alright cool dark night of the soul yeah and, and and I think everybody has that moment all is lost yeah. rock bottom rock bottom and I think for me from that point was like I, I, I was I lost my job <clears throat> lost my uh, I had to get out of the apartment had to move back with my mom's uh, all that stuff, and then
0: uh, comedy happens. You know, mm-hmm. that's the shit that kind of like yeah. just you know saved my motherfucking. Ass. But you and, you look
2: at a lot of stuff that, that like there's catalyst. You know, yeah. a lot, lot lot of people like 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 story that have like a, a catalyst bad thing that happens. A catalyst moment is like mm-hmm. like man, there was that low I do not know the and, word. And it's just I got <laughs> it's either up or up or rock bottom. I got to, yeah. yeah, and you pick which.
0: Yeah, and, you're sometimes, be. and sometimes,
1: sometimes you are not that strong, though, man, and you, and you don't know when that you don't know that you are having that moment. You know what I am saying? And people just get stuck. I feel people just get stuck there. You and you've probably seen it before, like these drug addicts or something like that, or or people that's like they're always in the dumps but because really? they didn't they they couldn't snap
0: out of it there's or this, switch. There is this quote that's like <clears throat> whether you believe it or not, it's like we're all just people doing the best with what we know at the time. Exactly. So as me and men I were exchanging like war stories of like, bro, there I was back in my sister's house, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Thinking, "Hey man, can you still afford this Mercedes Benz payment?" Like, do you know right. what I'm saying? Like do you need to if like you put your house up for rent? How's everything with your relationship? You know what I'm saying? Where's the child yeah. support going to cover all these little things? And it's almost like it's like um when you are in that low Moment, it's like you literally like, hey, this ain't too bad because I know that you know because like I know what I what I experienced in those type of situations was like me looking at myself and thinking, okay, nothing's gonna change unless you do. So it's all like a maturity, growing up type of process. We're like
1: almost like adulting, like you like you becoming an adult.
0: Yeah, just, just like knowing, yeah. look, man, you got to humble yourself, mm-hmm. or you can't conduct your business like this, or you need to look at these priorities, exactly. or these friends. Are you wasting time with in these situations? How did you get in that situation?
1: Yeah. And sometimes you just got to cut people off, man.
0: It's real,
2: man. You, you know, uh, I do uh, this. It's a silly thing. I I, I go Facebook Live sometimes. And I'll, I'll read a like a little chapter from DJ Khaled's book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another one.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll read a chapter, and, and it's silly. I, I I like the guy because I think his his overall personality is just it's funny to me. Over the but, top but, too. But then he also has a little nuggets of truth in there, like what he's saying about self motivating and and you know that whole we the best mentality and stay away from Dane. Day. Like, there's truth in it. He just puts it out there in an over-the-top kind of way, and he's talking about, you know, cutting up the baggage, and, and and definitely, I think, you know, a lot of people think about that, like, I'm cutting off negative people, and and that's a good thing to do, but it, that's not it. Like, there's going to be different times in your life that you have to do that. Like, just because you, you do it once doesn't mean, like, oh, I
0: could. Like it's like cleaning they, house, they, right? Yeah, was, you know, garden. You know, and that's what I told him. Like, spring you, don't cleaning. Take,
2: you don't just take out the trash once. What do you, you got to take out the trash it's every a, week? It's at, like hygiene at your, mm-hmm. at your house. Like, it'll creep. They creep back in. Like, don't think because you cut off negative people from your life once or negative things, not just people, things mm-hmm. from your life once, they creep back in, and you got you got to do it all over like again. You you still, gotta,
1: you're still fighting. It's like so
2: when you come to that catalyst moment, you got to stop and take inventory. Like with me, it was my divorce. Like, okay. All right, like so so what does this mean for for me the person and what does it mean for me the the comic and, and what do I got to do to you know it was that was a big catalyst moment for for me my my comedy took took some That's good what jumps it, within that that I had the, to, you yeah. you had to fucking
0: go for it. like life's coming at you yeah. Right. Yeah. and shit's real like for, like when I started doing comedy it was like August 15th like I think first time in Houston going yeah, to like yeah. that place um, Andy and Jacob. Yeah. You and yeah, We well. were all there. Yeah. Uh, I, m- I met you in San Antonio. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Javi didn't make it, but I, yeah. uh, Andy was there. I remember Andy saying, like, welcome to the game. Like, the comedy gl- God is going to bless you. Yeah. <laughs> young, young Pimpin. Pimp that yeah. pin, Young Pimpin. And basically, like, you're always going to remember this day. This is going to be your comedy birthday. And it was just like, you know, people were super supportive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people were generous, you know, yeah. sometimes overly <laughs> with some of the laughs. Yeah. But, but... But what I'm saying, what I'm getting at, is because it was right before a birthday. Correct. That's why I love New Year's so much, because it's like an opportunity to fucking start over. Right. Because it was before a birthday, uh, uh, my birthday, I knew it was gonna mark like, hey, this is you're gonna be a year older, motherfucker. What did you do this year mm-hmm. to like get out of your comfort zone and try something new and really fucking? Because you, if you keep doing the same shit, there's only so many mixtapes. You could drop, you know. What I mean, right. there's only so many little promoters you're dependent on to like fly you to fucking Nebraska to do a show yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. so yeah, man, this comedy shit has been like a hell of a journey. And I was yeah. I was talking to Midnight last night about like oh, specific man. points in time, like. And then I went to L.A. And then this, and then yeah. Philly Brown came out, and I thought, you know, that yeah. was gonna be some shit, you know. So like we were
1: like, like talking about specific moments, like that you have in your mind, and you're like. Okay. It wasn't that long ago, and yeah. it's like a bounce back. Yeah, and like, and we were talking about how how this is the moment that triggered my my me changing myself or me making some decisions to to get on the path that I am now. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. And I think I like I like to pick people's brain. Like I I like I like to pick Chico Chingo's brain because. I like to see where he was what was the what was what was the temperature outside what was what was he doing what was what was, what triggered that what you, emotion right. yeah well sometimes in
2: those moments you can't you don't even realize that people are watching and they they can tell mm-hmm. like like you know, and I like seeing that like I can tell when someone's like man this guy's going through a bad time right now, is he gonna pull it up or or is he just gonna Gonna cash it in. What's it gonna do? Yeah. Like I remember, I, I I think we were when we were in Chicago. I mentioned I was talking to you about the whole Philly Brown thing, and when you were out there in L.A. And I was asking you, feel because I remember following you on social media back then. We know. Oh yeah, know. Javi. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, what, what were you feeling? Because I remember reading some of your posts, and I was like, this guy seems a little frustrated, like with what's going on. that's kind of bitter. Nah, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a bitter. I can tell. I, I never thought bitter, but I was like, because you, you were talking about something about like. Uh, you know and i and you're not the first person that i've heard uh speak on it you, you know uh about versus what making it in an entertainment and acting and stuff as a latino versus what they want you to be and what they think we are mm-hmm. you know what what they think our value is as far as you know um, you know are are we all just you know Cholos or whatever type that, cast. That. <laughs> Typecast You can be a gardener You can be yeah. You know You know You can that's, be a gang that
1: member could, That, that, that is so frustrating For these So talented actors That are out there That are Latino And they all get typecast To do those type of roles And that's uh, And and It's crazy now Because now we have Those directors Like uh, Like Guillermo del Toro Right uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez There's There's uh, using these uh, uh, talented uh, actors now. But back in that day, I never seen nobody that looked like me on the, on the big screen, man. Nobody. And that, yeah, that's sometimes,
0: cool. Sometimes I think what happens is like <clears throat> in different industries, like for instance, on subject, off subject, sometimes there's like a system set in place that isn't necessarily set up. It's usually set up to maximize dollars and profit. It's mm-hmm. not really sometimes set up to what's best for the art what's best for the entertainer, the talent, the, mm-hmm. the fan. It's not, th- usually that's secondary, unfortunately. Yeah. So if you look at like, you know, me and my girl, and we're talking about having a home birth and doing, dealing with a midwife and not doing the hospital where they where they shoot you up with stuff and they automatically want to schedule a C-section. And yeah. like, we, we dove into that little rabbit hole of like documentaries and stuff. But the moral of the story is like, the the business of being born like that yeah. whole industry, the hospital is set up to maximize efficiency and you're taking up a bed. What do you mean you you, you going in and labor for 12 hours? Like, we don't have time. Let's pull it out now. Even though in a couple hours the baby's going to adjust, get into the right position, the hormones of the body will naturally kick in and you don't have to drug up the mom right. and, and it's affecting the baby and all that. But I feel like that's what happens sometimes like in Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. just this, sometimes they're not even doing it um, maliciously or purposely like let's keep down brown people it's just like it's hey, just a machine that's not been enough, running for the longest or not enough of them applied to be the writers or uh, not right. enough of them have gone through the steps to be in the writers room right. there's just not enough mentorship or knowledge to like for instance like my boy Richard Cabral who, who I've had on here before he's doing this thing in the acting realm and what, yeah. I, what I love about this dude is like he's the real deal like beat the murder case, did the time, was on math, you know what I mean, tatted up for real, like really went through some shit. And then he, by some weird chance of being like an ex-con, going through a um, Homeboy Industries bakery program, where he's just trying to get back out into the world, and someone walks in looking for extras, and he somehow, somehow it falls into place where now he's taking lessons and he's right. learning but I've seen, I've seen him perform live in a, at his own like one-man show in L.A., and you'll see Jimmy Smiths and other actors coming to check him out, support, give him props, wow. because they know that's the real fucking deal. And the same thing we bring to the stage. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable whether you guys are performing in Ohio or fucking Sacramento or Arizona. Right. Motherfuckers know when you're really speaking that shit and you're, you're doing your job well. Yeah.
1: Something you can't do at a nine-to-five. <laughs> yeah. You can't feel all this stuff that, that we feel nah, just on a nine-to-five.
0: Just a That's cog true. in the wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I, th- I heard somebody say, there was a quote that says, a nine-to-five is a dream killer. You feel me? But, but, Something like that.
0: Can be. But, but yeah. the way I look at it, man, especially for up-and-coming like, entertain- like artists, people trying to get in the show business or the arts... Don't be mad at a day job. Don't yeah. be too good for a day job. Because Use it to your advantage. This is why. This is why. Because when you don't have your finances in order, mm-hmm. now you're playing two chess games. You're trying to figure out, let's just say, the comedy game, and you're also trying to figure out responsibilities and stress. and you, It might be your baby mama or your landlord. Somebody's in your ear. Hey, man, take care of your business. Right. And what happens is if you're if you don't have your finances in order, like if you're not finding ways to have side hustles and finesse in mm-hmm. situation, now you become desperate, thirsty. Now you're taking gigs you're not supposed to be doing right. for your brand. Like if I was your manager, you would not be performing there under those conditions. Right. But you don't think straight when you got money problems and then you start to be too open to like leeches or people that are not yeah. really... Like it might not be the best agent, but you're just so goddamn desperate because rent is due, you're just trying to force some shit, and and what happens is, a desperate, um, what is it? Uh, A broke artist, is an obedient artist. So if you're broke, now the system could kind of pull you around, push you around, now they can make you take that $60, or they'll make you do it for the exposure, you're just more susceptible, you're just vulnerable to some shit, that's out of your shit. So like,
1: Damn, you just dropped a knowledge bomb right oh, now. It was I like mean, just
0: I think I said it before I
1: midnight. Mean, no, you know, my 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 and <laughs> dubla just exploded. <laughs> Your beanie done push back. <laughs> my <and> my, <laughs> my beanie done push back because I got a whole lump <laughs> of knowledge back in my brain. I mean a Man. motherfucker
0: told me that in the back in the in the rap game, but I see it all the time and I'm yeah. always conscious of it. That's why I like being working towards and close to being debt free. Right. We're like motherfucker. I don't own. I don't mm-hmm. own nobody. And, and another smart thing is figuring out ways to get bread out of show business, but then investing it outside yeah. of show business.
1: We talked all about this last night. When we, <laughs> Just we were doing the realest uh, yeah. uh, last night, Got man. that rich
2: dad, poor dad.
1: Oh man, <laughs> we were talking about so that much stuff, fair. man. Hey, how would you how you feel when you were like when you first went on stage? When you first you like when music? you first when you first started doing comedy, like what what was your thoughts? What were your thoughts when you were going well, on stage?
0: Well, the first 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 time mm-hmm. I was just gonna be host. I was still deep in the rap. I was like still mm-hmm. confined by this one definition, which is you're right. just the fucking rapper dude with the shorts and the boots. That's who yeah. you are. You're nothing more than that. So here I was trying to like, oh but I, I do funny shit. I, I think I could pull it off host. That's actually how I started. Um, so, But in the comedy sense My boy from Tucson um, uh, What's his name um, Rascal He put something together in Houston And he hmm. had like Jacinto And like Eddie B Who does like a lot of the teacher oh, jokes yeah, right yeah, now yeah. I just first met a lot of these cats And I'm like damn So y'all are the ones doing it Like yeah. y'all are the ones really about this life Like y'all are comedians You know what I mean And uh, anyway I attempted to host I didn't know what the fuck It was a rude awakening right. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing I knew I loved Eddie Murphy and I knew I loved comedy and I had a, a, a vague sense of how it was done, but that was like a reality check. Yeah. And now looking back, it's like a lot of that was out of your control. It was kind of unorganized. and It seems
1: like the first time, like even with me, is like the first time is a reality check. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is going to be hard. Oh, yeah this is going to be heavy hard. lifting. I don't know if it's happened to you, Javi. but like because because we we see it and we say, "Oh, we could do that." And then when it's time to do it, it's like, "Okay, now we realizing this is this is there's something to it. You got you got to work hard or you got to work towards it to be better." And and uh, that's what I felt on the first time when I went on stage. It was like, all right, cool, yeah, I got this, man. I did this and little Even and even work yeah, even like and it just bombed. Even having
0: years <laughs> Even having years under your belt, new shit can sometimes mm-hmm. be like, ah, man, here I go again. Yeah, like, dude, when when we released my little starter kit of material, <laughs> which was kind of like bullshit. Man, um, it was
1: a, it was good. It was a, it was produced good, man. It yeah, was but my well. material,
0: no, no. Yeah. Dude, i'm I mean, I'm proud of the finished product, but like, yeah. just me, like knowing you're not really ready, bro. Yeah. like you're kind of not that you're faking the funk, but it's like. Sp- it's going to be pretty obvious that you're not Did you feel like you seasoned. were rushed
1: into that, that special? Yeah, a little bit. It, yeah. And
0: that's why it was one of those opportunities where I'm like, um, what am I really trying to do here? Because we're doing just fine. We're like building yeah. up towards something like a slow simmer. We're mm-hmm. going to get to where we're trying to go. I know, this is a, I know, I know for sure this ain't no shortcut,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it's like, and I did tell him no. For a hot minute. I was like, you know what? I know a bunch of other comics that I know could pull it off and deserve it. And, uh, you know, I want to really take my time and make sure that I really do it right and not disrespect the art form and all the people who have sacrificed so many years. And then, like, it was another one of those phone calls. Like, look, man, you fucking up the business. (laughs) Because, look, (laughs) look, man, this could be a long relationship with Netflix. Right. This could potentially be we could be in business with these folks repeatedly. Yeah. And it can open up a lot of doors and we'll figure out a way. And I, I made sure to be like, look, there's no way I'm I have no I don't have an hour. This is not gonna be an hour yeah. traditional. This has to be non-traditional. Can we throw in some skits? Yeah. You know, usually I mix in other comics, usually not three comics. Yeah. That's how they want to do. F- you know, I'm not trying to say oh it's one too many because you know, these are all my friends, they're all talented. Yeah. Um but anyway. To answer your question, man, even though I'm interviewing I'm supposed to be interviewing. Oh no, yeah, yeah, that's no, all good, man. It's just, it's, I but like yeah, I, I did, like these, I these knowledge like, bombs, man. So, but but here's the knowledge, though. The knowledge is nine times out of ten, you're not gonna be ready. Yeah. Your ducks are not gonna mm-hmm. be all in a row. It's never the right time, and that's where growth and almost like in the gym. It's like if you never attempt to lift that weight, you're never gonna get past yeah. that weight.
1: It's almost you know like that? like.
0: No, I'm talking about. Yeah. Drops the mic. Drops the mic. <laughs> <laughs> if you never attempt yeah. the weight, you're never gonna plateau
1: the weight. Yeah, man. It's, it's, oh man, that's just dropping all this knowledge on me, man. <laughs> My head getting big, man, for all this knowledge that I'm getting in this brain. <laughs> Hey. I feel
0: like you in Spike Lee movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing about it is, brother Midnight, <laughs> yeah, st- standing delivering. Sp- you need to spell mother. your name right because you you perpetuating uh <laughs> saying that us in the inner cities don't have the equal <laughs> education. <laughs> nah,
1: man, this is man. It's been a, a a blast just touring the touring the country with you and stuff like that, man. It's just you got any city that you you think you you like you you felt like like oh shit yeah.
0: Man, I, I had already been a lot of places, but I had never really been to D.C. I did one little show or two in, like, the New Jersey, yeah. New York area, um, but it don't really count, like, music-wise. Yeah. Um, so, like, oh, shit, Mex- New Yorkers, Mexican New Yorkers are different. Yeah. Like, it, some of the shit really They still don't sound Puerto Rican. Or some of this shit really don't translate yeah. into their, er, like, more New York type of lifestyle and mm-hmm. how, how they grew up. Like, we're used to coming from places where it's, like, predominant. It's a very dominant yeah. culture. Like, there's no denying there's a lot of Mexicans in Texas. But, oh, yeah. like, in New York, the, that dynamic of, like, hey, man, people confuse us for Puerto Ricans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, like, we're not the main, even though we kind of creeping up on that number. Yeah. Like.
1: We have to Mexican
0: man. babies I like can in, in They're hospital not the main hispanic force yeah, especially in the media, but no, sure. the numbers are they're there they're getting up there like, they're about up. to like I forget what year they said Mexicans are going to be like the new hispanic in new York like they're we're gonna not the waitresses we're
1: not the we're not the uh we're not the concierge we're over there we're the, we're the we're the in the back people they ain't
2: got a Mexican parade yet, yeah. <laughs> they don't got no bug days like they it do over just here. Just got the Puerto Rican day. For yeah, what's that?
1: That's cool, man. The bug days, Mexican stuff, man. That's- I'm
0: looking forward to seeing like the the Texas, like I, I, as an outsider to California. When I think mm-hmm. of when I think, I know it's very limited. When I think of like the, the Latin comedy scene on yeah. the West Coast. You got obviously your Felipe and Fluffy, but then there's like the Flaco and Trejo and mm-hmm. Sepulveda and, you know, Jerry Garcia and, you know, a handful of other cats um, like Hooter Moreno and, and um, Martin Rizzo. You know, there's a, a whole bunch of cats. Nick Garris based out of there. Yeah. But, you know, when I think of Texas, I feel like, hey, we're a big ass state. We got a lot of fucking talent in Mexicans when is when are we gonna like really solidify I think it's happening slowly up under our our nose you know I'm looking forward to that man and just being able to do like like a whole little route like a whole little run yeah like
1: having like different rooms to come to exactly and and just like say uh, we go we hit Dallas and uh Austin, San Antonio, Corpus, Corpus, Corpus McAllen, all that, and then
2: Yeah, the thing yeah. is, Texas has enough major cities. You or uh, I saying, some comics like uh, you can never be known and still have a comedy career. Like there's com- comics in Texas that have bought houses and raised families and not be known off of comedy. We got that much of that many major markets. When you yeah. think about, it, we got Houston, we got Dallas, we got Austin. We we got Santa. We got four of the the what is it? Ten, twelve largest cities in the country the are right here in Texas. And then you throw in the 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 minor major markets like El Paso and and Laredo. Mm-hmm. Are, are any throw those places places like Corpus in any other state, and they'd still be considered a, a medium to large size mm-hmm. city.
1: Yeah, because right now but I be, can only because, buy
2: because everything's so big in Corpus, and we got so many multi-million citizen cities you know a city with 500 600,000 people seems tiny yeah compared to reality mm -hmm. it's not yeah and yeah I know
0: that's how I look at it like corpus is spread out like there's a lot of development and a lot of like y'all have everything like any type of business or service or anything that you're looking for yeah you know it might not be the same chain you're like Where's 24 Hour Fitness? Nah, but we got to go to the gym. Right With the cinnamon room Hello yeah,
1: Cinnamon room <laughs> Cina- I thought At first he, I thought He said cinnamon room I am like Cinnamon room What they got cinnamon rolls in the room <laughs> Full it like, Is it
2: full No cinnamon rolls?
1: And I just started Asking the chris So oh, they got pizza I am like So people. they got frosting On these cinnamon rolls What you yeah, talking about Chingo Chingo tell me again About the cinnamon room tell, <laughs> tell me about the cinnamon room I want the cinnamon room well, If you want I, If you he's, want he's me, gonna, You can gonna, take me To the cinnamon room He's gonna room. call me One night late <laughs> With
0: a deep voice Hey man Tell me one more time Tell me one more time Cinna- uh, yeah, the cinnamon
1: room. Midnight, like, what are you doing? frosting be dripping off them cinnamon <laughs> room. Midnight, is that What's that noise? Is that, are you
0: opening the lotion back there?
2: What's going on? It's a a is, is it like It's like the frosting dripping down the side Like, <laughs> like when it
1: floats <laughs> over A little do snowball they, Do they um, just dust it with cinnamon, baby? <laughs> <laughs> you make out
0: with the girl With the frosting in her mouth <laughs> 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 I
1: mean. Oh, man That's fucking crazy <laughs> The cinnamon
0: room. Yeah, man So January 24th Yeah I gotta look at the schedule to see where, like shit, I'm gonna have to upload these hoes back to back. Yeah. January twenty fourth, Dallas, Pink Lounge. This is your first time like having this spot?
1: Yeah, uh like um when I first started uh like uh, I was already in the comedy like for like four years and then I just decided to do a room by myself, like start one, like start like a uh like showcasing other comedians. Uh the reason why is because like I really didn't like the open mics and how I was learning at an open mic. So I was like, man, you know what, why don't you just I just do my show and start promoting it? And that way I have my own uh fan base. Fan base. I get the, the, the more important thing to me wasn't the fan base, wasn't all that. It's because I wanted stage time.
0: Like real stage like time.
1: Like real stage time, like cause cause it gives you the feedback that your jokes are working. Yeah. Or or that or that this is the, the the jokes that you that you already feel like they're developed are the real ones, like you know what I'm saying? Like because uh, there might be a joke in there that 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 um, goes over well in a in an open mic, but then in, in the crowd it just uh, it hits. Yeah, it just hits. So that's why I started the room, and then I just started networking with a lot of comics. Like because there were there was times where I did shows and. There was no money. I was getting no money off of it. I, I, I was using all my own money. Uh, sometimes I would lose money, like big time, and and uh, and that's when I was still not having a job and still still doing that. And um, I started doing The Room because I, w- I was invested in comedy. Like I wanted that stage time so bad because I wanted to get good uh, quickly, you know, and I felt like that was the only way to do it. And uh, I had one, which is the, um, it was at the Bishop Bar. It was called the Bishop, uh, Bart Bishop. I did that for two years. And then uh, I did um, the Patio Bar. That's when we, I did the uh, Underground Comedy Dallas. And I did that for four years. That's, that that yeah. place,
0: in your room right there, helped yeah. me a lot. Because <laughs> I was barely starting. Literally, I hadn't figured out much of mm-hmm. what the fuck I was going to do my comedy or whatever. And then I think, how
1: many shows was it we did? I think we did six shows. We did six shows. So
0: it was a point where I was like a draw, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, which exactly. is a very weird, tricky spot to be yeah. in. It's like I have to be patient with myself <laughs> because I I just felt like, damn, man, are people still getting their money's worth? Are like yeah. they just laughing just because they know who I am type of thing? And, and that set of shows, it, was, it I got into a little rhythm because I did... um. Like, five with Juan Villarreal, like, Uh basically opening up for him at Joke Joint. So that was, like, a good amount of frequency and repetition. And then I did, I think, right after the thing with you. Mm -hmm. And that's where we kind of figured, like, hey, man, you should probably, like, be in the hosting. Yeah,
1: that's when we came up with the whole format. Of how we're gonna run these shows that was gonna come come up next.
0: Still piecing together yeah. on a napkin. And I
1: remember, I remember that like like you were still so I guess like you were practicing at home how you were gonna do it and stuff like too that. Too rigid. Like, like too rigid. Too uh like um, it's like you didn't know what was gonna come up next, but you you were like uh, I think by the end of those shows, by the end of the set, six shows, you were like already clicking, like already like um trying to figure out your stage presence, your, your stopping, which, which characters are not going to work and which one's going to work.
0: Weeding, yeah. And you just,
1: we, yeah. You, as soon as like, like the six shows, you were weeding everything out. Like you were editing everything that you were uh, saying on stage in
0: front of paid customers. Yeah. In front
1: of, paid, <laughs> Hey, but you know what? That's the learning curve that, yeah. that, 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 that you're is.
0: quick on the learning curve.
1: Man. Oh man. It's
0: quicker than a lot of, a lot of folks. Right? I just have a lot at stake. Cause it's like, look, yeah. man, yeah. I ain't getting no younger. Like, I'm not, in, I'm not doing this, you know, I love it, but yeah. I also don't want to fuck around and waste time. It's exactly. Like, it's like, I'm new to this school, how am I going to make the grade? I'm trying to graduate, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Not just like, I'm just going to be here lost in the sauce trying to impress motherfuckers <laughs> and, you know what I mean, see what, what's going to happen at lunchtime.
1: You know what the crazy thing about it? When I started that room, there was no kind of comedy um, club around Oak Cliff, which is, one of the biggest markets for the comedy clubs that are around there. Like, most of the people that go to, like, the improv and hyenas and stuff like that come from that specific hood, which is Oak Cliff. So they have to go all the way over there to to go get some comedy. And then when I did my room, it's like, it's right there. So it kind of started like a little buzz right then in that area. So It's like grassroots. Um, yeah. And then like i I stopped doing it for a while, so now I'm back with the with this new room, and I'm bringing Javi and uh Andy and uh Daniela out there, and um you know doing this show in Oak Cliff again, so oh, I'm dropping in too, yeah yeah, so yeah,
0: I'm trying to squeeze you know get in where I fit in <laughs> yeah, work out these new preg- this pregnancy bits and stuff yeah Oak Cliff didn't never had any like comedy
1: stuff, man, they were like, yeah, there was shoot some uh like. A one day um, a one show uh, you know what I'm saying one nighter like one-off. a one nighter. yeah they would show like a, they would do a show that's a one nighter and then it would never come back again right. but I would just steady there I've been steady there for years, and it just they just got used to me be, being there and bringing like comedians
0: from everywhere yeah so, so. Th- this is how I see your style and so everybody listening like it almost has like a like a urban type of vibe like sometimes you deli- like certain little nuances and stuff is very like okay has he done a black room a lot <laughs>
1: um i think that's all i did all i did was like uh like real hard rooms uh gonna like gonna like boo you. yeah they're going to boo you off stage and that's th- because i that's where i felt comfortable you know what i'm saying because like I, I, um there's some certain types of like uh you go to a comedy club and there's just comedians there and most of them are not your style or like you, they they they're very clicky and and politicky and stuff like that and I really don't like that you know what I'm saying I don't like to mess with all that uh I just want to go up on stage tell my jokes see if they work or not and see what I got to do to work them and then leave you know what I'm saying if if you if, if we if we click and and do some friendship type stuff that that's cool with me but like all that like clicky stuff and like nah, that's not for me. That's why I did the room too, so so I could get away from that and and get that real real feedback that 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 you really need.
0: Well, yeah, like it's crazy because you you're like a um like tr- I'm not like a triple threat, but like yeah, like you commanding ass voice, yeah, you know what I'm saying. All like, that's from
1: like what I've been through, man. I was DJing, like I was djing, I was hosting clubs, I was in the norteño band. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, man, uh, I was in radio for a while, just like underground radio, community radio.
0: Cumbia mixtapes.
1: Cumbia mixtapes. I was hosting those. Like, uh, I don't know if y'all had one out here, but like, uh, it was called, uh, Tricks Mix 3, Cumbia Mix, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, it, uh everything that I learned throughout those days helps me a lot with my comedy. And my comedy, why you say it's urban, is because I grew up, in the urban area. Like all black, my t- black, t- neighborhood. black neighborhood, man. And my teachers were black. My, the, the, that's why I have this accent, cause everybody talked like I talk. And everybody uh uh there was a they teacher. They got it from
0: you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no man, it's like it's like that's all I grew up around. That's all I grew up around. And uh, like even my best friends were like were like negaditos or like there were people that, that were just like me, that talked just like me. And um, I remember this uh, this uh, fifth grade teacher, man, told me some 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 stuff. She said she said uh, I'm gonna let you know that right now. Uh, I'm gonna let you know that fat meat ain't greasy. Mm-hmm. I still to this day don't know what the fuck that means, but that shit look, sounded so cool. I was I was saying that all the time. I even said it to my mom. I'm gonna tell you right now how fat meat ain't greasy. And my mom beat the shit out of me, but it was all right. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, that, so like I get that. I get that. that's why they say I'm urban because of the accent, how heavy it is, or or stuff like that. But man, I grew up listening to like uh, Bone Thugs. Uh, a lot of a lot of the hip hop from uh, from Dallas, like Big Tuck. Uh, they had T town music up there. Uh, the DSRs, uh, Lucci, Pookie. All them and then uh uh what influenced me in comedy was like Martin. Martin was on that was my favorite show, In Living Color. I couldn't watch him, but I was sneak watch him because my mom, you know, beat that ass. Junior. The junior. you viendo esos negritos? No. And
0: then
1: and it was in in uh yeah man, and that was all my influences And uh Will Smith too, man, French Prince of
0: you ever, like, get feedback from, like, any Cali comics that are like, man, bro, you fucking talk different? Or... I,
1: I, I've heard that on, like, everywhere. Even when I was on the radio, man, they say, like, you know what? You need to switch your voice because you sound too urban.
0: We, they told me that. Who, who was, like, program director? Uh,
1: well, one of the guys, I think it was the main guy that I was uh, doing the morning show with. Like we so had a morning would, show like, So hey basically they were,
0: they were like Were they targeting Hispanics only?
1: I don't know I think it was It was like a top 40 Type station And uh, I think that Because I, I, I said FENA Or offense 2 yeah, but that's how
0: like Dallas people talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's how we talk. That's how my cousins talk. Yeah, like we're like, like man, I'm finna do this. I'm to go. I'm to go over here. Yeah, and, and and they said, hey man, you man, we
0: finna we finna drop these commercials, I mean, drop on, you drop these commercials we, on you And we finna come back with these hits. I'm
1: finna unzip this devil on you, baby, and stuff like that. And 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 they said I was too urban, so he that's said crazy. I need to, you know, next time you come, may switch your voice up a little bit. And this would,
0: when, when could we? When, when could we expect like a midnight special, like a motherfucking all you we could watch it.
1: Man, I'm still working. I'm still trying to work on this hour that I want. So like,
0: how much time do you think you have now? 45. I
1: say like, I say like 45. What do you do? Like 45. Yeah,
0: easy, easy 45.
1: Yeah. Easy 45, and I'm trying to get an hour. Uh, the, the real thing I'm trying to get like an hour and a half. That way I could weed up the best stuff and edit and, edit and shoot it and, and, and then build some more material because that way I'll force myself into needing new material. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, I'm, that's what I really want to work on. And hopefully I can get an opportunity to do a special. Uh, well, I
0: think you just got to make it happen. Like right. set your own goals and you can't like sit around and hope and wish and wait yeah because uh, it's not me yeah. to
1: sit around it's like uh like i hope that in the path that i'm taking there's an opportunity opportunity that presents itself for me to do it you know what i'm saying uh, worst case you just shoot, yeah. shoot it yourself Wait, yeah i'll shoot it myself
0: like hey power production company <laughs> yeah i mean with a budget yeah that's really all it is yeah it's just yeah. depending on what all oh, you're trying to do i've always had this theory that like like it's wise it depends <laughs> Yeah. because there's the, you run the risk of like oh you burn your material now you can't use it type of thing yeah. but like almost like a comedy mixtape to right. where either you leak X amount of minutes on audio or, or you knock you like say you're doing like your hometown show and you got your theater but it's gonna be added down chopped up into let's just say I'm giving people this 15 right like I'm just gonna this is going into the public arena and people gonna
1: see that'd it that'd be dope to do because like I'm, I've been having this idea of like uh, having a special right there in Dallas, in Oak Cliff, at the—I uh, don't know if you heard of the uh, Texas Theater. That's the one where Lee Harvey Oswald went in, in into the theater after he done shot JFK. Yeah. Well, that theater allegedly ah. <laughs> with the magic bullet. With the magic <laughs> bullet, <laughs> and I want i want to do it there. I think Christella shot a special there, or she did something there, and. And I, I want to shoot it there because it's in Oak Cliff, and where I'm from, and and that's that's the whole idea that I have. Like that's a little dream or like a goal that I want. You know, awesome, hopefully man. it comes true.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to it at Midnight Comedy. M I D N I T E. I spell it like that because I just got my
1: G E D. What? Hey. <laughs> January 24th
0: pink lounge and you is this a monthly
1: this is gonna be a monthly thing uh it's uh I'm, I'm already setting up for the next guests that are coming down but uh now I'm willing to uh, work with all the comics that that, that want to come through
0: and of course yeah. triple threat ilift tacos.com yeah killing it on the designs and the merch yeah. and the clothing line so appreciate you dog thank you no, no thank you man appreciate you besides,
1: besides. El podcast que controla todo. Sin mamadas.